you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. She's a little late getting to the show today. She's a little running behind, so welcome to the show. Family and friends, as always, we have the most smartest people bring on the show with you. We ask that you refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortune's Chris Voss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter. Go to youtube.com, Fortune's Chris Voss, and TikTok one on the TikTok. All those crazy places. We are on the internet. We have all the CEOs and the billionaires on the show, brilliant people who've built businesses, share their stories, White House presidential advisors, astronauts. What else do we have on the show? I think we covered it. But we, I believe we have our fourth or fifth or third billionaire coming on the show that we're scheduling right now. So stay tuned for that. That show would always be good. We have smart people on the show, like our current guest, Scott Joseph, who's joining us on the show today. He is an elite entrepreneurship and networking strategist. We're going to be talking to him about some of the projects he's been working on and what he's done and some of his life experience we can learn from. He's the CEO and founder of Me Plus Ultra. He's meticulously crafted a space where thought leaders and disruptors gather to exchange groundbreaking ideas and strategies. His business, Bourbon and Cigars, Leadership and Mastermind Retreats are more than events. They're incubators for innovation, where shared expertise fuels business breakthroughs and personal growth. Welcome to the show. How are you? Chris, I am doing very well. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. There you go, Scott. It's wonderful to have you. I love the business bourbon and cigars. That's always good. So there was a time where that would have been really, before I quit drinking, it would have been really great for my life, but I still love you know, bourbon. Give us your .coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs to learn more about you? Well, I'm on all the social channels. LinkedIn, I'm, I'm pretty active on there, Instagram, Facebook, but the best way to reach me is probably mepluscultra.com. There you go. So give us a 30,000 overview of what you do over there and how you do it. Well, me personally, I mean, I connect people. And mm-hmm. so what I do now, you know, I started off started off with a marketing, digital marketing agency. Actually, it was a direct mail agency. That's how long I've had it. It, it com- did a complete pivot to digital marketing in 2011 with J&L Marketing. But the success of that agency allowed me to buy three dealerships. <laughs> but all of those became passive. Oh, yeah, Honda. There you go, uh, Honda. So all of those became passive income for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd done a decent enough job delegating and elevating. And I thought, you know, I'm working really hard to get to that level. Mm-hmm. And then I got there and realized this isn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. <laughs> so I, I started Me Plus Ultra in this mastermind group. Mm-hmm. Getting back to your question, I'm very good and I enjoy connecting people, especially if they've got like a diverse skill set, great vision, doing those introductions watching that magic work where they either discover some type of new business opportunity or some type of breakthrough. And and so everything I'm doing now is trying to group people together to accomplish that goal. There you go. Build community, if you will. Yeah. 
There you go. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how you, it, we all try different things in life and then we're like, is this all there is? I didn't, I thought the view would be greater here or but, you know, sometimes the view is greater, but sometimes it's just not your thing, right? Well, you know, what used to excite me mm-hmm. uh, just eventually became mundane to me. The agency I, I, I've done, I've been involved with for 33 years. So that's a long time. Dealerships. Yeah. I think the first dealership we bought in 2004 so not as long, but done decent. It's that's just 20 that, years, man. That's pretty long. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what time clock are you running on? <laughs> well, I, I'd like it, it. You know, when I look back, I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm old. But, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, I feel too every day. Yeah. yeah. I, I look Literally, back I, and I'm like, how many years ago did we start this crap? How many exactly. years have I been doing this? My back hurts. Right. Mentally, I feel the same as I did when I was 22 when I started it all, but physically, phys- a little bit physically, different. not so much. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it too. I got I get plugged for testosterone treatment therapy. I, I checked my testosterone. I was a little low, and now I feel like a 30 year old again. So it's awesome. Nice. Just plug for that if you check your T boys. So give us a little bit of your history. I, I think you kind of did. You told us about how you went through it. How did how did you be, grow up though? What influenced you to be an entrepreneur? Start your own companies. Was, was there some parental influence? Was there some cathartic moments or crises? I, I think I was, I really looked up to my dad. Uh, That's unfortunate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love my dad. So I, I, I really looked up to him. And, and quite honestly, when I was very young, he was selling vacuums at Sears and Roebuck Company mm-hmm. and left that to go sell cars huh. and did well enough that and eventually went on to run dealerships and become a general manager. It was a drastic lifestyle change for us. And I, I saw the difference of having begging mom and dad for a $13 gym shoe and only getting the $3 one and versus, Oh, now we can afford to buy pretty much everything and we're traveling and we're doing all these nice things. And and, uh, so I wanted to get into the car business and I wanted to run a store. I wanted to do follow that same path. Mm Mm-hmm. Started, uh, it's an interesting, so I'm in college. I only made it a year and a half a semester, but in that half a semester in my second year there, my mom and dad were out in California on a business trip and I had been begging my dad, please let me sell. Let me sell. I'm, I'm in on my lunch hour. I'm, I'm working at the dealership as a, a lot tech. So washing cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, literally, I'd beg him. I'd go in on my lunch hour. I'd watch sales training tapes. I was the only one that was watching them, by the way. Every, I had to dust them off. <laughs> I, he would never let me. So when, when he went out on this trip, I literally used his name to my advantage. I called other stores up in Cincinnati. We're down in Louisville. I called other stores that were owned by the same owner, Jeff, Jeff Weiler Auto Group. Uh-huh. And I said, I want to sell cars. And so I, he was the best general manager in the group. So his mm-hmm. name carried a lot of weight and I knew I could get the interview easy. So they said, when can you get there? I said, I can get there in an hour and a half. <laughs> so I went up there, I landed the job. And before mom and dad moved out, I dropped out of, co- I dropped out of college and moved up to Cincinnati with no money and, and I figured I'm just going to make it happen. So yeah, did that for a little bit. got my nose bloodied and realized, wow, my dad's a lot better than I gave him credit for. <laughs> Sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, used all the I, I, entitled because of who he was, immature. Oh. I will say, didn't have the right work ethic. It wasn't consistent enough. Mm-hmm. Had the ability 
but didn't know how to take advantage of it really well. Mm -hmm. Used all the excuses I could come up with. Eventually, long story short, I end up working for him and finally selling for him because that was the key. I needed to be trained by him. Yeah. And so one day I had a friend that was just crushing it, selling these high impact sale events, sale campaigns for car dealerships. Mm -hmm. And he was making more than me and, and he wanted to you know, start an agency with me. So we started doing that, walked mm -hmm. in, told my dad, I'm going to, I'm going to start this company. This was when I was 22. He goes, you'll be back here in three months, which wow. if I was him, I would have said the same thing to my son if I had the same work ethic, but the work mm. ethic changed when I started my own thing. Hmm. So there was a lot more consistency to it. I had everything I saved up. I started the company with $12,000. And that's J&L Marketing. It's still around today. It's crushing wow. it. We've got clients, you know, BMW, Shell Oil, Mopar, Stellantis. I mean, long list of, of high, very large companies. And, uh, and that, afforded, that allowed me to, to uh, buy the dealerships. And with that, you know, I mentioned Elevate and Delegate or Delegate and Elevate. I've got great managing partners in all those businesses, which has freed up my time and my resources to start me plus ultra. Wow. And so now here you are. What a journey. Do you think it was sales skills you need to learn or was it a combination of those other things like uh, you mentioned the work ethics and different things? Well, I think maturity comes along the way uh -huh. the, uh, and, and the work ethic. You know, when, you're, when I started selling cars, I was 19 years old mm -hmm. and thought I could get by on, on sheer just ability. And, <laughs> you know, I'd have great months and then I'd have one or two really bad months, I'd live off the good one, right? And and mm -hmm. so there was inconsistency there. When I put my focus in and I was disciplined, the results were always there. I just didn't do that consistently when I was young. Now I do. There you go. You know, it's interesting too. You mentioned that when you got your own gig, you worked harder at it. It's interesting yeah. how people do that. You know, when it's yours and there's nobody to back you up, you tend to apply yourself a whole lot more. At least I think, I don't know, you should. Yep. Yeah. Well, when you're challenged and told you're, you're not going to make it, you'll be back here and <laughs> you, you're, you're determined to prove that wrong. You got the last laugh on the old man on that one. There you go. Yeah. Those are the best kind. And he means well, but uh, you know. He did. Yeah. Well, and he maybe, was maybe that was the reason he, that was the reason, he, maybe the reason he set you off is he goes, this will light him up. He was, well, it's funny because, you know, I grew up in sports. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in sports, especially back then, the coaches were very in your face and hard on you, pushing you, constantly having that hand on your back, pushing you forward to become better and better. Mm -hmm. And my dad, you know, I'm, I'm half Lebanese, so we're a loud family. All right. He's, he's constantly just hand on the back, pushing, pushing, aggressively pushing, <laughs> you know, verbally and everything. And so wow. I just... I could take that, never bothered me, but a lesson I learned, you know, I went into starting this business and my first handful of employees, probably the first five to 10 years, they had to suffer through a person that didn't know how to manage or lead. Hmm. I was probably motivating and they probably believed in what we were doing, but a lot of mistakes along the way in terms of how I was building a culture and the accountability factor in those businesses. There you go. And so now you've got the Me Plus Ultra yeah. set up. And now there's a few things you, you do too well as well. Tell us about your podcast. You have a podcast. Is it named the same? 
Well, I named it Business Bourbon and Cigars. Mm-hmm. So Meat Plus Ultra is more of an exclusive group. I want high growth entrepreneurs in that. I want you know C-suite executives. And then we've got industry innovators that, that come into that group. Business Bourbon and Cigars, obviously from a podcast name, that's going to be a little bit catchier name than Me Plus Ultra and draw more attention to it. But Business Bourbon and Cigars is also a leadership retreat that we do. And we do that every March and every September for our members. It can also be an entry level into the group to kind of get a feel for the membership and what we're all about But in the community. But with that, you know, that's all rolled up into Me Plus Ultra. There you go. And yeah. so do you need a, is there a minimum net worth or a minimum type of person who can apply to be part of it? I, I want people with great vision. Mm-hmm. I want people with good skill sets. Mm-hmm. If you're a business owner and you've got high growth potential, we want you in there. But from an income level, I do not, I do not put a minimum on it. I've mm-hmm. got people in this group literally making anywhere from 50 to a hundred million dollars a year. I've got yeah. them as low as a couple hundred thousand. Hmm. You know, if someone's making, you know, if they're not even making six figures, more than likely they're not in our ideal. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not a high growth entrepreneur. They're not a, a obviously not a C suite executive. So it, it's who we're targeting and who we want in the group kind of takes care of the income level. There you go. Yeah, I would yeah. say that too. Any, yeah. Usually, anybody making over a hundred thousand need nowadays is is you know. Got their potential down and and working hard, you know, and got their money in their place, especially if they own their own business and stuff. So that's yeah, that's usually a good targeting thing. I think we we have a just a private group of about ten or twenty of us, and we just made a hundred thousand the cutoff mark for most of us. But I mean, some of the guys are you know they're doing really well. Let's see, has leading the Me Plus Ultra Mastermind Group transform your perspective on business development and networking? A hundred percent. So first off, I've probably worked harder in the last two years getting this set up and now doing it mm-hmm. uh, than I have in the last 10. Mm-hmm. And, but it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing something, I, I don't believe in finding your purpose. I believe more in creating your purpose, but I enjoy this. I wake up and it's right back to what it was 30 years ago for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to bed. 4 a.m. two nights ago, right? And because when you're on a roll and you're in a good flow, you don't want to stop that because sometimes that's hard to get back into from a creative standpoint. And I, I love it. I enjoy it. But so much has been learned. There's been a side benefit to all of this. Mm-hmm. And my inner circle, my network has has grown exponentially. And with all the right people, I mean, some of the people I've met in the last three years through, whether it's me plus ultra business bourbon and cigars, mm-hmm. they've become literally my best friends. Oh. And, and so there's been new business opportunities that have come about, whether it's investments in, in different companies being a part of that, whether it's real estate that I would have never been exposed to. And one of the biggest regrets I've had when I look back on my 30 something years is those first 20, 25 years, I was a competitive person and I isolated my business and me. Um, and it was all about competing, crushing that competition, mm. you know, and just outdoing everybody, right? And yeah. God, so much could have done so much more, so much faster with the right strategic alliances and just working with people and not worried about getting it all for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's that team effort, the networking effort. You know, networking right. is like so important in building things and finding resources. You know, back when I started my companies, the brick and mortar age, there was really there was no online anything. It was all brick and mortar, and if you wanted to get someone to help help with you, you know, every now and then, you know, there's consultants back east or something, but you know, there wasn't like a ready amount of knowledge or database that you could tap into. But the only thing you could do was either hire a board of expensive people, or you could pay an expensive attorney to give you business advice. Yeah. And usually their advice was just awful because they were attorneys. But uh, you know, I'm sure there might have been some good ones. But usually it was really expensive too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you're just like, you know, you go to the attorney guy who's the business attorney and, you know, it's 500 bucks an hour, whatever the hell it is. And you're just like, well, I, I, I have, that's funny you say that. I have a, a story. This is about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Met a guy who had accomplished a great deal and he did it in a way to my target audience at the time for the agency. So this mm -hmm. is back then the agency was focused 100% on automotive. And so he had connections into all the different manufacturers that really could have taken, you know, could have been big check type clients. All right. Mm -hmm. And I remember him being well connected. And he says, this is what I do. This is my new business model for a hundred thousand dollars. All right. He then would walk you in to these decision makers hmm. and it was worth it if you had the right product. And I, we did, I didn't mm -hmm. pay it. I found it, I just, not because I lacked the confidence that we couldn't sell them once we got in front of it. I just had a hard time paying someone 100000 just for an introduction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, but today, I get walked into people and introduced to people for free. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to give you an example. I've just, I literally just went out to Pebble Beach and finally golfed that, that course. So this was a, a five-day, I was out there for six days, went out early, uh, but mm -hmm. a four-day say golf tournament, but really it's a networking event and it's an exclusive group of guys. There are four you mentioned billionaires early on your intro. Mm -hmm. Four billionaires in this group. Nice. I've worked three years to try and get into it. I finally got the invite. And I gotta tell you, just the the camaraderie and I, I did it strictly on the business. So I'm not a good golfer. I love the, love the whole thing. Those, those guys were, some of those guys were like, oh my God. But I was blown away after the four days of the friendships that were formed. I mean, I'm communicating with these guys left and right. So I, I look at relationships and networking completely different than, than I did just five years ago. Huh. There you go. All the difference in the world. Yeah. It looks like there's a lot of things that take place on your events. How, how does it work? It looks like I need to apply for membership. Walk yep. us through the sign-up process and onboarding process. So with business bourbon and cigars, I've got two different ways to get in. You can either be a sponsor partner, and obviously those people are trying to appeal to all the participants in it, form those relationships. And then you can come in because you want to be part of this mastermind process if the agenda fits or is relevant to what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. uh, the one we've got coming up in March out in Scottsdale, you know, one of our, one of our first mastermind breakthroughs is going to be on culture and accountability. Mm -hmm. The second one is building a bulletproof sales strategy. And the third is retaining employees. And then we've got a couple panel discussions, but when we do these events, when we first started it, I did not want the typical event 
where you just show up, you listen to a bunch of speakers and nothing, there's nothing against that. I go to events and conferences where I listen to speakers, but it's mainly on topics that I know I don't know things. And I'm like, I got to listen to this speaker to first discover what I don't know. Mm -hmm. All right. And then what part do I need to learn? Mm-hmm. But most of the people we were inviting early on, they already have a lot of knowledge when it comes to things like culture and client retention, and but they want to grow it. They don't want to be they want to be industry leading in those areas. They don't want to mm-hmm. just listen to the same common best practices. So we have no speakers at this event. Hmm. We literally get up there, we explain the process, and we'll take our first mastermind thing. I put people in assigned tables. So everybody, end of two days, everyone's kind of worked with everybody at some point. So every mastermind breakout session, you're rotating to a different group of people. And what we do is each one's a little over two hours Mm -hmm. and you work on things individually for your own purpose. Like, all right, here's here's where my culture is. This is where I need it to be. I'm going to now write out my action plan to improve it. Then we get back into our mastermind group and we start sharing those examples. And that's where the mastermind process starts to work. Everyone starts building on the ideas and helping everyone. Oh, wow. I send the table leaders up at the end. So then you get to hear all the best practices of the different tables mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of expand on your own plan. And so what happens, what's beautiful about this event, first half of the day is filled with those mastermind sessions. Mm-hmm. Second half of the day, we do a lot of fun things. So when you're spending half a day helping people mm-hmm. and getting help from the others, when you get to the networking part, there is no awkwardness. There's no clicks. Everyone's best friends by that point. So the actual relationship and the, you, you forge real connections. It's not, you know, you go to a typical networking event, two things usually happen. You either see someone you already know and you spend all night talking to that person so you accomplish nothing or <laughs> you, you, you walk around and you get about 20 business cards, put them in your pocket. Nobody talks to anybody again. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no one uses right? the credit cards either. They throw them away. Yeah. Home. Yeah. yeah. So I just sit there and that this wasn't planned. It happened organically. And when mm-hmm. I look back, I'm like, wow, this is a really good formula that we kind of lucked into and man, but it's a working conference and just the, the relationships that are forged and the connections that are formed, they happen fast and they're strong. Mm-hmm. I like the working conference concept. I, I hate going to, to listen to people bark at me in speeches and stuff. I'm yeah. just not a fan. I'm just like, yeah. you know, I, I, I like the working thing. Cause that's really what you're going for. You're, you're there to work with other minds. You know, years ago when my business partner, left i didn't have any board i didn't have a business partner i mean he was my board and i didn't have anybody to bounce ideas with or or share ideas with and so i called a bunch of my entrepreneurial friends instead of hiring a board and i said hey will you guys be like my virtual board and i'll be able to bounce ideas off with you and talk to you about stuff i'm cooking and then i'll 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 do the same for you when you need ideas and someone to share ideas and they agreed to it and that that was really efficient for me because I could call them up. I could run stuff by them. And uh, you're right. I mean, you can have, I've been in those conferences where you're like, none of the speeches I've heard, I've learned anything from. Maybe I'm 
maybe I'm pretty experienced or I know I'm not smart, but maybe I'm pretty experienced. I think I, I think I probably am after all these years. And so a lot of stuff people tell you are just like, whatever that or worse. They just, they just pump you out this fluffy corporate fad language that you're just right. like, I don't know what you just said. I don't think you do either. You know, well, you're saying it perfectly, right? You're <laughs> quite honestly, what you do with this show, mm -hmm. you know, at least for me, when I interview top guests, right, on our podcast, I learned there's a side benefit for doing the show, right? Oh, and, yeah. And that is, man, you're picking up knowledge left and right from from incredible people. And, and so you've done this for so long and had so many great guests that, man, your knowledge, you just got going to speakers. I, I would imagine that bores the heck out of you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I get epiphanies off of every guest. I get different paradigm shifts off of every guest. There's usually always a tidbit I learn here and there. You know, what's the old saying? The teacher learns more than the student. And so I, I learn a lot of things. You know, sometimes I already know it, but it's the paradigm shift that the guest brings where I'm like, I didn't look at it from that angle or think of it in that way. And, yeah. and sometimes that's the most strategic way. So what have we talked about with what you're doing on me plus ultra that we can tease out before we go? Well, you know, I, what I do a little bit different than a lot of mastermind groups is for one, I'm not max, I'm not capping it. You know, in a perfect world, what we do is I do, I meet three times a month virtually. Mm -hmm. So it's always the first, second and third Wednesday of every month. Do it at five o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It always goes to about six fifteen. We never go past six fifteen. Mm -hmm. And the first two Wednesdays, I do hot seats, hmm. and I'll spend an hour with the person that's going to be in the hot seat the following week. I'll spend an hour with them, really fine tuning. Is this the ultimate question you're trying to ask help with from the members? I get all the background information I can possibly think of. And then what are they hoping to achieve? And I want to get that out to the members in advance so they come armed with questions and we don't spend all our time asking a bunch of clarifying questions. I want most of the time and focus being on solutions for the person in the hot seat. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things happen from that. One, if you're not in the hot seat, most of the topics apply to all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, most businesses, we all have the same challenges. You know, it, it's it's very rare. We all need to hire better salespeople. We all need a better sales process. We need a better client experience, retain employees, whatever it might be. We all want to improve our culture and how do I hold a people accountable better? Mm -hmm. So when someone's in the hot seat, it usually touches on something we can all relate to. Uh -huh. But at the same time, what I love, Chris, is I love hearing all the different questions when people are asking the clarifying questions, like you just said, this paradigm shift, right? Mm -hmm. I love listening and, and watching this and being like, oh, I would have never thought to ask that. I think I'm a good question asker. You know, I think I ask good questions, but sometimes I'm listening to this and thought, man, that's a good question. I would have never thought to ask that question. And so I'm learning that way, not just in the ideas and solutions that they're given, but also in the types of questions they're asking. And then, you know, on the third week, we'll bring in third Wednesday, we'll bring in an expert speaker. But our two leaderships, if you're a member, our two leadership events for business bourbon and cigars are included in membership. And the reason I'm not capping it at the 20 or 30 and it's a very, very good process we follow. It's not a bunch of people talking over each other on the on the Zooms. Is I don't want, I've been part of groups before where I travel a lot 
my schedule's very busy, and I didn't want to feel guilt when I couldn't make it. And what I didn't want mm-hmm. is to create a group that everyone felt like this horrible obligation and started dreading being a member because they couldn't attend everything. Yeah. So we record them. We put them on the website as, in oh, wow. the resource library. And then what happens is, you know, when they're able to come in, some members make every single meeting. Mm-hmm. Some meeting, maybe two out of three. I've had some members one month, maybe only make a me- one meeting, but they are, it's always there for them. And in this way, you know, as we scale up and let's say I got thousand members in this thing, I'll stay, I'll start breaking it into multiple hot seats with different zoom rooms and different facilitators. And that's how I'll keep it intimate, so to speak. There you go. There you go. MC and, and everything. I'm seeing some people on the website that are saying the hot seat was a was a lot of fun for them and really helped them in their business. Pitch out to people. Give us your final thoughts as we go out. Pitch out to people on how to onboard with you and your dot-coms for it. Go to mepluscultra.com. Everything is on there. The Business Bourbon and Cigars podcast is on there. Our blog is obviously on there. The membership application and everything involved in Me Plus Ultra is on there. Our leadership retreats are on there and information about those and how you can sign up to participate in those. So, you you know, you brought up the name early on, Business Bourbon and Cigars. Nothing pleases me more than we're at at a resort and I have people in other events or conferences walk by our, our event and they see the signs and they all point to the name and say, that's the event we should be at. That's Mm -hmm. the... (laughs) <laughs> the name just the name you know. awesome. <laughs> so do we get free bourbon <laughs> you get free you get you get so first off in our events every breakfast lunch dinner is included there's no excursion people pay out of pocket for only their travel to get there in the room oh, no. and i bring in this this we bring in rare bourbon so we'll have pappy We'll serve two different pappies at this one. It's it's top notch. I've got I've go. got two different pappies. I think we've got an E. H. Taylor. Then because it's in Arizona, we're going to do a nice tequila as well. There you go. Now is the bourbon breakfast, lunch, and dinner? <laughs> <laughs> it can be. We we it might be a bit much. As, as long yeah, as, as long as it doesn't interfere with your mental capacity to be great in the masterminds. There you go. Well, I imagine <laughs> it would probably have a little bit. So there you go. Give us the final dot com as we go out on the show. Me plus ultra.com. There you go. What's been Not wonderful? Me with an M, like mom. Me with an M. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on, Scott. Thank you very much for coming to the show. We really appreciate it. Chris, thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be on here. Honor to have you as much. well. And, and thanks for sharing your knowledge and people on board and, and uh, get involved with what you're doing there. Uh, thanks the for tuning to. Thanks for the, thank you. Thanks for my honest for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and Chris Foss one on the tickety talkie. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's us out.